Hi there, this is the Reverend Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, and this is Love to Tell the Story. You know, it's interesting to note that all throughout Scripture, there are many, many verses that make reference to animals, animals of all kinds of shapes, sizes, and varieties. But what's even more interesting are the number of verses that allude to how you and I are like those animals. That's true. For example, we're compared, not altogether positively, to wild beasts, also to wolves and even donkeys. At the same time, though, we're also likened to sheep, sheep that are cared for by a good shepherd. And in a single chapter of Isaiah, we're promised both to mount upon wings as eagles, while also being thought of as, well, grasshoppers. That's what we're going to talk about in today's message, which is entitled Grasshoppers and Eagles, is based upon Isaiah chapter 40, verses 21 through 31, and starts out with some thoughts on our place in this still new year. into February 2021, the second month of that much-hoped-for and long-awaited year to follow the infamous year of 2020. <laughs> of course, any illusion we might have had that by arbitrarily flipping a page on the calendar we might return to some sort of normal was quickly shuttled, was it not, by all the news of continued political upheaval, variant viruses, and the ongoing concerns surrounding the pandemic. <laughs> Actually, you know, one of my favorite quotes about this new year we're in came last week from David Lose, who said, I know the large problems that erupted, deepened, or were magnified in 2020 are too complex to change so quickly. But, Lose goes on to say, Nevertheless, if 2021 were a product I'd already purchased, I'd be inclined to send it back after my 30-day trial. Oh well, as the saying goes, friends, it is what it is. And to be fair, I know that the year thus far hasn't been completely horrible. But like it or not, these strange, unprecedented days are continuing on in 2021, and it has fallen to you and to me to simply move forward as faithfully as we can. <clears throat> that said, however, and this is the reason I'm bringing it up this morning, is I've noticed that over the past few weeks, the thing that I keep hearing again and again from the people around me, I've heard it from family members, I've heard it from my friends, I, I've heard it from all of you here in this church family, You've said to me in one way or another that you are over this. That whatever hope and resilience you've managed to muster over these past 11 months of masks and social distancing and travel bans has long since dissipated. And right now you're feeling that all you're left with are things like exhaustion and discouragement and in some instances even depression. And friends, 
You need to know that I get that. I really do. I understand. I mean, it's bad enough that it's still the dead of winter in this part of the world, that the groundhog saw his shadow this week, thus guaranteeing another six weeks of winter. The very notion that this pandemic life and everything that goes along with it will likely last into spring and maybe even beyond tends to make any one of us, even the strongest among us, feel a bit helpless, if not hopeless. It's like you're a mere pawn in the midst of worldly ways and means. Or, or to use the analogy of our text this morning from Isaiah, to feel like you're simply inhabitants of this world who are like grasshoppers. That's right, I said it. We're like grasshoppers. Tiny, pesky, little, green-headed leafhoppers more akin to being prey than predators. Insects that are far more likely to be scattered, eaten up, or trampled underfoot than they are to have any kind of lasting purpose on this earth. I mean, even in Aesop's fable, remember this? It was the grasshopper who was portrayed as lazy and unproductive, and in the end forced to beg the smarter, harder-working ants for wintertime food and shelter. And, by the way, if you've ever seen the Pixar movie of Bugs Life, the grasshoppers in that movie don't even bother to ask. They just torment the ants like they were a bunch of street thugs. Basically, and, and I offend anyone who likes grasshoppers, and I, I, I beg your forgiveness, but on any kind of evolutionary scale or food chain you care to mention, grasshoppers simply don't amount to anything at all which makes it all the more unsettling and disturbing, really, that when Isaiah wants to compare you and me to the God who sits above the circle of the earth, of all the creatures, of all of God's creatures, he could choose, it's the grasshopper that he chooses as an example. Well, the 40th chapter of Isaiah, from which our reading today is drawn, is, I would venture to say, one of the most beautifully poetic passages of the Old Testament. It starts out with verses we read together back during the season of Advent. Remember this? Comfort. Oh, comfort my people, says your God. That's how it begins. And it ends with these incredible words of triumph that Sarah just read to us. Those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength and mount up with wings like eagles. In other words, this is a chapter, this, this 40th chapter of Isaiah that begins with a sure and certain promise of hope and it ends with the assurance of power, power that can only come from God. Truly, this is among the most beloved and oft-quoted pieces of scripture that we have. But here's the thing. In between those two verses that I just mentioned to you, this chapter also contains something of a reality check. 
for you and I who are living in this world. And not only that you and I end up amounting, according to Isaiah, to little more than the lowly grasshopper, but also that overall people are grass, grass that withers away, or bit more poetic, flowers that inevitably fade. All in all, it does seem kind of demeaning to think that the God who created us in his own image would so quickly and easily deign to describe us in such a way. As pastor and commentator, the Reverend Douglas Bratt has written, we, after all, like to think of ourselves as far greater than those little green critters. But then again, he goes on to write, sooner or later, we all feel like grasshoppers, especially when we compare ourselves to the Lord of heaven and earth. God is, after all, the creator of everything that is made. In fact, when we compare anything God made to its creator, even the greatest of things end up tiny. Now, you combine that truth with a little bit of historical context, that this was originally, this passage was originally addressed to God's people living in Babylonian exile, far from home, far from their people, far from anything and everything they knew to be true about their lives and their faith, then this whole analogy of being little more than grasshoppers in the cosmic theme of things, it doesn't seem that far off the mark. Did you notice, by the way, as Sarah was reading that, that we're told that even princes or the rulers of the earth can escape this comparison? They are nothing, we're told. Scarcely are they planted, Isaiah says, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth. Or, as the message goes on to say, like flecks of chaff, they're gone with the wind. Now, it sounds to me kind of like Isaiah saying that the powers that be in this world are shallow at best. But I digress. Maybe, maybe not. But to quote Douglas Bratt one more time, Compared to God, even our most talented leaders are like dry dandelion seeds that even a mild windstorm can scatter. The point here is that given all of that, it's no wonder that as our 2021 world keeps on spinning like crazy, you and I end up feeling at times like we really are just like grasshoppers here today so easily gone tomorrow and so completely out of the seat of control to the point like Israel before us in the midst of our ongoing struggles we end up wondering aloud if God has lost track of us and doesn't care what happens to us like I said before, I don't care who you are, and I don't care how strong you try to be, that is exhausting. So that's why, friends, it's very good news indeed that where our God is concerned, it's not our size or our stature that matters at all. This is the overarching theme 
of this text, and it is its greatest proclamation. In fact, I love how in this passage, Isaiah, not once but twice, leads into this by saying, Have you not known? Have you not heard? Have you not heard from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? Haven't you heard? The Lord, who is the creator of all we can see or imagine, who doesn't tire, who doesn't pause to catch his breath, and who knows everything inside and out, this is the God who gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Indeed, those who wait upon, or more to the point of the original Hebrew, those who trust in the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. No, we, we might not compare to God in any way, shape, or form but in this way, what God gives to each one of us by his love, by his care, and by his protection, well, that's incomparable. Now, as I said before, this passage is true poetry, and not only in the eloquent and lyrical sense, but also, it's poetry in terms of its structure. And, and this actually brings up a very interesting point here. Hebrew poetry, you see, is often written in three-line sequences, triplets, with each line building in emphasis from the one before. In other words, the last line ends up as being more, and po more important, powerful, significant than the one in the middle, and that one in the middle is more important, significant, and power than the first. So, with that in mind, here's how this poem from Isaiah ends. First, that is, those who wait for the Lord, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. Second, they shall run and not be weary. And thirdly and finally, they shall walk and not faint. You see what's happening there? Now, if you and I had been writing that poem, we'd been apt to build up those verses to the point of soaring with the eagles. You know, first, God helps us walk. Then God helps us run. Then God helps us to fly. But that's not how this proclamation of God's love and care goes. What we have here, the pinnacle moment of this poem, the peak of divine blessing, is simply to be able to walk without falling down. I'll admit, when you're feeling that exhausted, that kind of response doesn't really seem as great than what it would be to be able to fly high, way up in the sky, as it were. But maybe that's not always what we need the most. As Melissa Bain Sevier has written, 
Sometimes, no matter how much we long to soar like an eagle, all we can do is manage barely to put one foot in front of the other, over and over and over again. Maybe that is the pinnacle, she writes, that the very best thing is simply to be able to walk in faith in with strength because God accompanies us. You know, we see this time and time again in Scripture. We have borne witness to how this unfolds from age to age the same. And in these days when our confused situations, both personal and corporate, just seem to become more and more convoluted as we go along, we are seeing it revealed once again. That God hears the cries of his people and empowers them in exhaustion, in oppression, and in other moments of greatest need. And that God not only protects the people with his wings, he bestows them with wings of their own. That's a quote from Christopher Hayes from Fuller Seminary, and I love it. God protects us so that we will walk and not faint. Run and not be weary, and eventually and finally and triumphantly fly like an eagle. Interestingly enough, over the past few days, Lisa and I have been watching an online live eagle cam uh, based in southwest Florida and featuring a mother eagle who they've named Harriet and her two chicks in the nest along also with a father eagle who is nearby and regularly bringing food to his young, including, we saw this yesterday, and it should be noted, an entire rabbit carcass that the dad flopped into the nest and immediately tried to feed directly to his young chicks piece by piece. I mean, you thought your kids eat a lot. Oh man, there's nothing uh, to be compared to this. It's fascinating. It is nature at its most natural and its most glorious, and I would urge you to go online and check it out. I will try to remember later today to put the links in the comments, but if you Google Eagle Cam, you will find it right there. It's amazing to watch, but I also got to say that as you watch these videos for a while, you realize that they are most decidedly normal. By that I mean, as opposed to what you might see in a Hollywood production, for instance, or even in a, a Disney nature film that has all been edited together. What you see here in this Eagle Cam is what you would really hope to see anywhere and with any species. Parents taking care of their children, making sure they have enough to eat, protecting them from the attacks of other birds. Apparently. Uh, as I was looking at this last night, there was a note that said that there had been an attack from an owl going on, going towards those eaglets last night. Parents working hard and constantly to keep them safe to live and to grow, and eventually so they'll be strong enough to fly on their own. It seems to me that this serves as a pretty good parable for how God cares for you and me, beloved. One that we would do well to remember in these days when we're feeling tired and 
fed up with the stresses and problems of this life, when we feel like we've been relegated to the inevitable, unenviable role of grasshopper. No, perhaps the issues that confront us do not go away as quickly or as easily as we'd hope. And maybe there are moments when we do feel in imminent danger of being squashed like a bug, as it were. But here's the good news. God gives us the strength to deal with whatever comes if we will rely on him. God will help us so we can walk and not faint, run and not be weary, and yes, to mount upon wings like eagles. It'll happen. If only we'll wait upon the Lord. As the song goes, Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount upon wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach us, Lord, Teach us, Lord, to wait. Teach us, Lord, to wait. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen. And that's the message entitled Grasshoppers and Eagles. It was recorded as part of our February the 7th online service of worship at East Church. To which, by the way, you are always invited to join us live. It happens each and every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock via Facebook Live on our East Congregational Church Facebook page. In these continuing days of pandemic, these services have proven to be the next best thing to being there. And we would love it if you could be with us. And with that, we're at the end of another episode of Love to Tell the Story. This is Michael Lowry, and I thank you for listening today. And I thank you for your continued support of this podcast. And until next time, stay safe, be well, and may God bless you with a great day every day. We'll talk to you soon.